Before we get into this week's show, I just want to let you know that this week's episode of Kiwi Rider Podcast is brought to you by Protector Insurance. They are New Zealand's specialist motorcycle insurers with a full range of options and cover types. You can trust Protector Insurance to come up with a solution that will suit you, no matter what type of bike you ride. Now, thieves are rampant, and social media is full of stolen bike posts. A chain can be cut. A brake lock won't necessarily stop thieves lifting your bike up, putting it on the back of the ute, and driving away, I know from experience. But if you're insured against theft you can sleep easy knowing protector have your back accidents happen you might have been riding for 50 years or 50 minutes but you could drop your bike at any time especially coming into winter due to any number of reasons so with full cover from protector insurance you can rest easy knowing that your bike is in safe hands they're going to treat your bike like it was their own have a chat today with the kiwi owned insurers who have been in the game for over 30 years go to protectorinsurance.co.nz right on with the show Welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast, New Zealand's premier motorcycling podcast made by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders. My name's Ray here, and thank you very much for joining me for this show. Coming up in the show, we've got Kiwi Rider Magazine's story on the BMW R9T 50th Anniversary Edition from February 2021. Uh, that's coming up later on. We're also going to touch base on the latest in motorcycling news relevant to Kiwis. Thank you very much to onthrottle.co.nz. Oh man, it has been chilling down something chronic and we're not even into winter yet, although I have noticed that uh, Wainui Yamata, where I used to live, has been having frosts and we've been, we've been getting cold mornings, don't get me wrong, but we're not getting frost in Upper Hutt. But with that in mind, here is five simple tips to, uh, to, to, to continue your riding through winter and hopefully, uh, you know, you don't lose a finger through to frostbite. Uh, number five, layer up. That means like putting all the thermal layers and the waterproof layers in your motorcycle jacket and pants, but it also means chucking on a decent base layer. Your standard polyprop from the warehouse will will help, uh, but there's no replacement uh, for merino. Get yourself some long johns, some merino uh, pants and, and, and a top. Chuck that on under your, uh, well I just chuck a t-shirt over the top of that and then my riding jacket and toasty as all the way through winter. So remember to layer up, especially if you're doing a road trip and going up, you know, through Wairu and the desert road because that area can get very cold. And um, try and try and do those kind of rides, like hit Wairu about midday because it's going to be the warmest time. Uh, as soon as the sun starts going down, it cools down very quickly. Number four, some people hate them, but I love them. Heated grips. Get yourself some heated grips. I'm going to be doing that. I'm going to be hitting up uh, bitsforbikes.co.nz and getting some heated grips uh, very, very soon. Um, I think you can get them for about a hundred bucks. The prices go up from there, but definitely look into some heated grips. You can get them for all types of bikes, quads, everything. You need to get them for your dirt bike. Uh, so tip number four, as far as winter riding goes, is definitely get yourself some heated grips. Uh, tip number three: cold weather equals cold tires now keep this in mind you've got so much more grip when your tires are warm and they will warm up but uh, in the cold weather they take longer to warm up and also if you stop at a red light or a stop sign whatever they're going to cool down very very quick so keep in mind that your tires are going to be colder uh, you're going to have less grip 
and uh, just ride uh, accordingly. Uh, number th- uh, number two uh, on that is increase your visibility and increase your following distance. So chuck on a high-vis vest because if you're commuting, the, the, there's a much higher chance that you're going to be commuting in uh, low-light conditions, um, you know, dusk, early morning, late at night. Uh, so chuck on a fluoro uh, jacket or an over jacket or even a vest. Uh, it's not the cool thing to do, but increase your visibility so people can see you and also increase your following distance distance it's not something that a lot of people do in traffic you know rush hour traffic but uh, two seconds chuck that out to four if not more if your uh, you know your conditions are, are crap the uh, there used to be a jingle on the radio drive to the conditions and when they change reduce your speed and the top tip the number one tip is swap out that cool tinted visor for a clear one and keep it clean I'm a prime candidate. I love my tinted visor, but man, uh, you've got to get rid of it sooner or later. And 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 with this weather, you've you've got to get rid of it now. I find myself I'm I'm riding in in beautiful sunshine, but uh, my my ride home is definitely in the shade, uh, if not in the, uh, the you know the the sun is setting in the dusk. So swap out that tinted visor for a clear one and keep it clean. If you've got any more winter riding tips, love to hear them. Also about waterproofing your gear. I'd love to hear if if you've got any tips on that. You can email us as always, podcast at kiwirider.co.nz or you can get hold of us on social media, Facebook or Instagram. Just Google Kiwi Rider Podcast. Let's get into the news. And kicking things off in the world of news, it appears to be the beginning of the end for Harley-Davidson's long-lived Sportster platform with the announcement that the Iron 883, Iron 1200 and 48 models will be discontinued in Australasia after the 2021 model year. In a statement, Harley-Davidson Australia confirmed that these models would not return for 2022 due to a number of factors. They go on to say Harley-Davidson's brand continues to evolve with MI21, shaping up to be a historic model year with innovative fleet additions, including the first adventure model, the Pan America, their first ever Icons range, including the Electra Glide Revival model as the debut in the series. They've got more products on the way for Q4 as well, providing choice for their loyal existing customers and new customers alike that are going to enter the Harley-Davidson family from 2021 onwards. They don't take the decision to discontinue models lightly and while all three models have been viable contributions to the portfolio, they've seen lower demand over the recent years. Now we've suspected for a while that the Sportster's time was coming to an end in the current air-cooled form at least, with the Revolution Max 1250 V-Twin as seen in the to-arrive Pan America having been shown in a custom cruiser concept previously, we'd put money against the Sportster returning in a water-cooled guise for 2022 or 2023 model years and going head-to-head with Indian's scut on even more even ground. For more on this story, photos and specs do head to onthrottle.co.nz. Here's a story coming to us from overseas. You may have seen it on RevZilla.com from Common Tread. On top of component shortages, Yamaha and Ducati have motorcycles trapped on the Ever Given. It's been a frustrating year for motorcycle manufacturers on top of component shortages and supply chain disruptions that have hit the motorcycle industry and many others quite hard. We now know two companies, Yamaha and Ducati, have products delayed because they are stuck on the M 
MV Ever Given, which you may know was the ship that made headlines last month for blocking the Suez Canal. The situation got so bad for Yamaha Motor Europe that the company recently released an apology video to its customers and dealers. Yamaha Motor Europe Envy President and CEO Eric Desanez said things were looking up as far as demand goes for Yamaha's motor vehicles returning to pre-pandemic levels for the 2021 season. Unfortunately for Yamaha and every other motorcycle manufacturer, global shipping and supply issues were much worse than anticipated. The long-term effects of the coronavirus pandemic on supply chains are becoming clear, he said. These effects are making it difficult to fulfil our key duty of making enough product available. To make matters worse, the Ever Given was transporting thousands of Yamaha products and components when things went sideways, literally. Those products are in limbo for the foreseeable future because once the ship was refloated, authorities seized the ship and all its cargo, that's 18,000 shipping containers, then impounded it in Egypt's Great Bitter Lake. Authorities are holding the ship and the cargo until their demands are met that Evergreen Marine, the shipping company chartering the operation, pay nearly a billion dollars for the disruption, three million dollars for loss of reputation alone. Even if a resolution is reached, there aren't enough cranes large enough to unload the ship in that region of the world. Yamaha isn't the only manufacturer affected by the Evergiven's predicament. Ducati also has containers stranded on the ship. While the Ever Given connection makes for a catchy headline, it's only a single example of the global supply chain disruptions that are affecting the entire motorcycle industry as well as others. Ford recently reduced its projected production for the year because of a shortage of semiconductors. The global semiconductor shortage has also impacted Yamaha's factories. A single missing component can delay production or even close production lines while shipments lag. A recent article on the strong used motorcycle market in the States noted that high prices for used bikes are partially fueled by low supply of new motorcycles. Beyond the blockage of the Suez Canal, backup at other major ports such as Long Beach in California have led to shortages of many goods and components, and that's all having a compounding effect on the motorcycles that are available at local dealerships. The story written by Andy Greaser of RevZilla.com. BMW's R9 T 50th Anniversary Edition is a stunning modern retro that just happens to pay tribute to the original BMW R75-5. These words by Jock McLaughlin from Kiwi Rider February 2021 Volume 1. For full specs and photos, do head to kiwirider.co.nz. i got to say it's rare these days for me to love the look of a bike. Most are too angular, or too low at the back, or whatever. That said, from the moment I laid eyes on BMW's metal tribute to the history of the Boxer engine, I liked it. Veg, our fearless leader, was barely halfway down the ramp from his van unloading the bright blue BMW R9 T 50th Anniversary Edition, and I was already sold on its looks. Even our seen-it-all-before, grizzled and somewhat fascist leader was taken by its lines. And that's not a common occurrence. Mind you, Veg is a boxer man through and through. He's owned and loved his BMW R100GS Red Baron, or Adolf as I prefer to call it, since it finished its days as a press bike in the early 90s. With the blue and white machine to match the BMW logo parked in the driveway and having taken time to have a proper look around, 
I could see it really is a lovely looking motorcycle, despite the fact vintage looking stuff isn't normally my thing. The BMW Motorrad Anniversary Model R9T-5 not only marks the 50th anniversary of the Slash 5 series, but also 50 years of BMW Motorrad production in its Berlin factory. Yes, I, I know that that was 2019, but things take a while to come to New Zealand. The lupin blue fuel tank with its twin white pinstripes and subtle black fade really is a work of art. Chrome details are plentiful, in particular the Dash 5 Anniversary Tank Badge, but the mirrors and full exhaust system are most obvious. The dash and headlight are traditional looking but beautifully made and only enhance the retro theme. The dash face is easy to read with almost all the basic information, it just lacks a fuel gauge. Polished spoked wheels, chrome spokes, cool alloy foot pegs and a slick looking fork brace are the other elegant and functional touches. The 1170cc flat twin boxer engine will always be authentically BMW. BMW produced its first flat twin motorcycle in 1921 and have stuck with the format steadfastly for over 100 years. Even though this engine is thoroughly up to date in design, it's still air-cooled with an oil cooler. With a four-valve head, double overhead cam and six-speed gearbox, Another nod to modern life is the heap of electronics in the background. There's ASC, Automatic Stability Control, or Traction Control as we call it, which takes care of the unwanted traction loss. It can be switched off with the ABS button, but the ABS will remain on, confusingly. There are 110 good-sized and well-bred ponies delivering their all at 7,750 RPM, but the 116 Nm of torque at 6000 RPM is what really makes the engine a gem. Effortless, linear and silky smooth torque offers meaningful thrust from idle and from there on it's a total pleasure to use. A wonderful power delivery for general riding and fairly quick at that, it also sounds terrific. There is that fantastic box of burble at low revs and then the power delivery kicks up a gear in the mid-range an electronic servo motor opens the exhaust valve which gives the burble an authoritative edge while maintaining noise emission control. Acoustic sophistication at its best. It sounds great. Let's talk about the chassis and the riding. The chassis is mainly a mix of steel tube modular components that bolt together. There is a main front space frame and a rear frame while the passenger frame is removable to allow a different rear styling. The conventional 43mm forks feature 125mm of travel and they're not adjustable in damping or spring preload, but they do have a solid fork brace to reduce fork twist and actually work quite well. They are reasonably well controlled and bottom resistant. Front wheel feedback is largely comfortable in feel, although the forks tend to dive a little under braking. But then the twin 320mm discs and 4-pot Brembo calipers have excellent stopping power and feel. At the rear, the Paralever single-sided swing arm rear suspension has a feel and control which is best described as inelegant, particularly when considering the style and theme of this 50th anniversary model, but perhaps that's by design maintaining a traditional feel. A combination of plentiful crank and flywheel mass, no slipper clutch, and the directness of shaft drive and the high unsprung weight associated with the shaft design leaves the rear suspension action a little on the agricultural side. 
Somewhat conversely, this feedback manages to add rather than detract from your writing pleasure. The suspension action's intrusion actually adds character and real personality to the bike. I enjoyed the raw sensation, except when the roads got truly bumpy and the rear shock lost composure. At least it's adjustable for spring preload and rebound damping control. Adjusting the rebound to one turn out from full hard settled the rear down and was helpful for control but didn't aid in comfort. It was fun chopping down through the gears and making the rear tyre chirp a little, something that can't be done nowadays on bikes with ABS and slipper clutches. An aggressive on-off throttle technique creates a very direct drive when combined with a rough road surface. The average shock action and no pacifying effect of a slipper clutch, it certainly engages the senses. You definitely live in the moment on this bike. It's fun, real old school, fully involved riding. The steering is light feeling and definitely on the lazy side of agile. This creates quite a stable riding platform with the R9T much preferring nice, smooth, sweeping turns to the cut and thrust of our twisty and bumpy back roads. Its strength is on open and well-maintained roads where the rider can deploy the delightful engine and simply enjoy the machine and all the surroundings have to offer. This is a limited edition, stunning traditional looks that pay homage to the original Slash 5 from 50 years ago. That's obvious. Importantly no, the Slash 5 50th anniversary owner will definitely enjoy the modern design, build quality and technology. It's an elegant, cool and engaging bike with heaps of character. The engine is quick and delightful to use, the brakes are elegant and the handling light and stable. Stay away from bumpy roads, bask in its beauty, twist the throttle and it's happy days all round. That was Jock McLaughlin's thoughts on the stunning looking BMW R90 slash 5 50th anniversary edition from Kiwi Rider magazine, February 2021, volume 1. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to see all the photos and specs. Catching up now with Vanderson. Hello, long-time listener of the podcast. Vanderson, what do you ride? Uh, at the moment, I have a Fat Bob. 2019 Uh, Davidson, and was more cafe race style. So after doing a trip, so I did a trip with my friend here. So he had the Indian, um, a bobber, and I had the um, the roadster. So we went to South Island on the middle of the winter, <laughs> and because the tank was super super small, was only eight liters. Man, that was a nightmare because we had to stop, you know, every maximum, maximum one hour and a half. We always had to stop, so I decided to get another bike. Even we didn't have a fuel gauge as well on that bike. <laughs> so we decided to change, you know, so I, I changed. So here, and we both decided as well to change at the same time. So he got the Lowride S, and I got the Fat Bob. So we got in a really good deal, and yeah, I'm super happy with this bike now. Brilliant. Uh, how long have you been riding? Well, so since 18 years old, so I'm 41, 
Yeah, because in Brazil, so I'm from Brazil, and uh, in Brazil, pretty much the first, the first driver's license you get there, it's it's the motorbike, you know, because it's it's cheaper, it's it's you not know, easy to get to get a bike as well. So I had uh, my first bike was a, a Honda. 1982, 125cc. <laughs> oh, but you bet you that taught you how to ride properly, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it was, was, was really fun, for sure. Brilliant. So what kind of riding do you do? Do you just do the old cafe cruises? Obviously, you do a bit of road trips every now and then. Yes, yeah. So, you know, so uh, I, I already did the pretty much a good good part of the the south island uh the north island as well you know going from here to auckland and um even when i proposed my wife so she she used to live in orewa so it's just you know for a few minutes well i think it's half an hour after auckland um so that's that's when i got my first bike so i went there to propose to her um when i got the bike and uh yeah so you know i like to do of course you know kind of going over the ramataka hills as well that's always always fun always something nice to do on the on a nice day and also i kind of i use a little bit to go from from home to work but mainly it's yeah kind of on the weekends for sure it's the the main purpose of the bike <laughs> outstanding whereabouts are you based so i'm in wellington oh you are right a yeah. uh, beautiful day this morning, but this afternoon it's kind of cracked up. I'm not looking forward to the ride home. So t- talk us through, if you wouldn't mind, one of your most recent, well, maybe not most recent, your most memorable uh, motorcycle adventures. Wow, yeah, I think the definitely it's going from from Wellington to, so we were planning to go, so it was uh, myself and this this friend, his name is Mike, um, and we we decided to do the the South Island because we both have never been. He he's Kiwi, and you know I never been to South Island as well. So he said, "Man, let's do this trip to South Island." I said, "Cool." So I had a break um, from work and from university. So we decided to go, but the only thing was in the middle of the winter, and we kind of. So you can have an idea from here to Dunedin. We didn't see one bike on the road. It was just him and I, <laughs> because it was so freezing. It was very, very cold, but it was a great experience, you know, going seeing South Island, especially going to see uh, Kaikoura as well after the earthquake and all that area. Uh, it was such a good experience to do that. And, and just to see, the, to see the South Island as well, because it was a... Um, yeah, completely different scenario. The 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 air feels different, um, and kind of going to places for the first time, like the iconic place like Christchurch. I never been to Christchurch before. Uh, I was very curious to go to Timaru <laughs> because of the the far left, because of the horse. I had so many. I I read so all the story about that, and it was super cool to to see those smalls those small town in, in New Zealand so that was a, a awesome trip it was very cold as I said you know we um, I didn't have the proper you know heated gloves or heated grips anything like that and man that was very very cold but a great experience that to see the whole places like I've never been before like the Neden as well I was very impressed with the 
with the city and um, yeah so it was a great experience I come from Dunedin so I can tell you right now you're a harder man than me riding around Dunedin or anywhere in the South Island with without heated grips in the middle of winter you're 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 a hard man <laughs> me and all, but all, that, that was a, such a stupid thing because out of ignorance you know I said ah you know it's cold but so good you know so I had the winter gloves and but Oh, I'm gonna say that it didn't didn't handle well for sure. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna say the Needle was my favorite city out of all all the stuff I'm oh Kaikora I really like that you know the beginning also I got to Picton and pass through that whole area. But the Needle was a bigger surprise because um, also I think because it's a, it's a it's a place with lots of students. So it has such a good vibe, so it was awesome, awesome experience to to go there for sure outstanding well thank you very much for listening to the podcast and reaching out uh, to us and and sharing some of your writing uh, stories with us on the podcast today we really appreciate it ah thank you so much so guys keep doing this work because you guys are doing awesome work so thank you guys for doing something super cool like that and if you'd like to join us on the show, we'd love to hear from you, have you on the show, talk to you about your bike, find out a bit more about what you get up to on two wheels. You can get hold of us, podcast at kiwirider.co.nz is the email address. That's podcast at kiwirider.co.nz or just reach out to us on social media. We can get hold of us, Kiwi Rider Podcast, on Facebook or Instagram as well. I've been Ray here, and thank you very much for joining us. Really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Keep the rubber side down, throttle on, and we'll catch you in seven days' time. Thanks for listening to Kiwi Rider Podcast, made by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders and insured by Protector Insurance, a Kiwi-owned insurance company. The team at Protector Insurance are enthusiasts as well, and they know a street bob from a street triple or a pan-European from a pan-America. So you can trust they've got your back with a range of cover types from storage right through to full comprehensive and even track day cover. Whatever you ride, have a chat to Protector Insurance and trust that they will look after your pride and joy as if it was their own. The website, protectorinsurance.co.nz and thanks very much Protector Insurance for supporting Kiwi Rider Podcast.